Hello everyone and welcome back to the Quantum Buddha podcast this is episode three we've got here and I'm very very grateful to have my good friend Ben Lang with me here as well. So the Quantum Buddha podcast is focused on four topics, science, spirituality, self-mastery and sex. Uh, and we like to just take some time to do a quick meditation and we generally have a focus of each week. So this week we are focusing on abundance. So before we get started, Ben, you know, let me just ask you a question for the listeners out there. Who are you, Ben? And, you know, how do we know each other? Thanks for having me on the podcast. Um, I am Ben Ling. Ver and I are very good friends. And I'll go into that, but I am on a journey of personal development and just discovering who I am and my strengths, my weaknesses, what I was put on the planet to do. And I'm slowly but surely finding out what that is, what the point of my life is for. And this has been a really interesting and challenging and fun journey. It all started probably about seven years ago. So that's when my real life, I feel like, started. The first part of my life up until then was really just going through, obviously, I think early days, we're very much who we are. We're children and we, they talk about, obviously, your inner child. And I've, I've been connecting back to that in my 30s and late 20s and um, there was a period between sometime after my childhood or around my childhood up until about age 20 22 23 and basically just felt like going through a bit of a, a period where I was a bit lost on who I was and uh, confidence and things like that so I think that's like when I'm really trying to describe myself like just really I think the most profound and what people say interesting part about me is just my huge love of learning and also sharing as well so that's what I've found about myself on this journey of just reconnecting back to what I love after going through school going through a couple of jobs and even college and not really finding my purpose in any of that probably the opposite for me so who I am and who I'm learning who I am today is someone who loves to learn, someone who is very, very curious, even more curious than I was probably when I was a child because I spent such a long time in my life not being curious because school, I felt, knocked a bit of that out of me and caused me to say one day that I'm never going to learn again. And I remember a point change in listening to a good uh, mentor of mine who is no longer with us, but he's someone I've never met. He's someone I've listened to on audiobook at the right time and it was a sentence that said gather it all up because there's nothing worse than being stupid and for some reason that was like a big sort of final straw moment uh, trigger and that what that meant was gather it all up in terms of reading books he was guiding us to do or to learn gather up knowledge and learn so that's a big part about who Ben Ling is like what I am all about I love to learn and there's not any specific topic that I like to corner myself into. Uh, I do enjoy spirituality like Veer, and I think that's why we connected so well. I enjoy philosophy. I enjoy health, business, psychology, human behavior. And I like a bit of history and reading about other successful people as well and knowing what makes them successful and what makes them tick. And really just very broad in sort of my interests 
and I've felt it's been good to own that and just be happy to be such a, a broadly what they call it multi-passionate person having lots of passions and that's a bit about me and I have uh, run a few businesses I've got a house clearance business a, a marketing agency I also buy property and flip property uh, I have three children and a wife I live in Scotland and a place called Kirkcaldy and that sort of describes a bit about who I am I'm very much an entrepreneur I love business I love learning and I love the challenge of business uh, I'm now really finding it enjoyable growing a team within my businesses and becoming a bit more free with my time and the ultimate goal for me is just moving towards um, having everything that I want and being able to do that while helping other people as well and making people laugh make uh, helping people enjoy life and find their purpose ultimately and I'm doing that through working very, very hard on myself to connect to really, I think it's an ever growing and challenge to really know who you are and have full clarity on that and where you want to go. But I believe that I've found a big piece of the puzzle and that is just to put myself in a position where I have a lot of freedom and with that freedom to share the journey of building my own self-esteem back up from my personal rock bottom and rediscovering who I am, uh, finding my purpose, tapping into my genius and doing that for myself. That's been a big part of my journey is actually doing all of this for myself. But through doing that, what I've learned is uh, I can be a very helpful person just by being myself and just showing up. And it gives people permission almost when you show up and share it. I think it's really a big part of mine is I wouldn't be living. I wouldn't be happy. I wouldn't feel in my purpose if I wasn't sharing. So if if I'm not posting on social media, if I'm not standing on a stage every so often, then give me a call because I'm not not in the right place. (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, really interesting to hear, um, you know, your response to that of who are you? Because obviously we've been friends for a long time and I know you from my perspective, but it's very interesting to obviously hear what you say when you someone asks you, who, who are you? And yeah, thank you so much. It's very interesting to hear. And, and I'm glad you mentioned about, you know, your, your beautiful wife and your three beautiful kids as well. You know, they're a very important part of your life, I know. And also um, being a, a world-class public speaker. Um, and it's great to have you on this call today. So yeah, just to dive in a little bit about, you know, how we met, who we are as well. So we met about, I think, six years ago, this event called Super Genius run by Ryan Pinnock. And I think we were both uh, in a space in our lives looking for that sort of magic, that kind of genius. You know, I think if I understand correctly, you were really looking for, well, maybe you can tell me, but I was looking for, after ha- being traveling for a year and a half and sort of letting go of this idea in my head of like, oh, I need to be a programmer. That's who I am. To sort of opening up and and realizing, hey, I can do anything that I want. I can be anything that I want to be. So kind of feeling like, okay, well, what is that? What do I want to be in my life? And what do I want to do in my life? And sort of coming to Super Genius by uh, actually following the desire to learn more about sales and how to build more of a business and that sort of thing. That's what actually got me in there. Uh, speaking to Depeche at the time, he convinced me like, okay, just just come and learn about this thing. It's going to you know really open up your life. So uh, how about you, Ben? What, what was your side that you were coming in from and, and what brought you to it? Well, my mission when I was at Super Genius, where I met you, was to learn everything I could about 
the ego. That was my goal. And I heard Brian Pinnock speak and I decided he's the man I need to learn from because every third word out of his mouth was ego. So I was like, ego this, ego that. Uh, I better go and listen to this guy. And the journey before that was I experienced some social anxiety and that was an own personal challenge I had that I'd never had before. I'm a very confident person and always have been. And, and then I had this little problem. And I think it was because I secluded myself for quite a long time and when I moved house about an hour away from my local town and I just really was in solitude working hard on my marketing agency and doing doing SEO and it's all computer work and not not doing my regular sports and stuff and I just really forgot about my mindfulness and then that brought me on to that journey I bumped into a, a spiritual teacher uh, Bernie and she gave me a few books a lot of them that I really remember were Eckhart Tolle's books, The Power of Now, and then A New Earth. And these were the books. And she also has a book called Permission to Shine. Her author name is Bernadette Petrie, Permission to Shine. And she was a big start of, uh, like, in terms of guidance into, like, the spiritual world. She used the word God and lots of spiritual words I didn't use very often. And it challenged me a bit. And I, and she talked about intuition and not, not taking notes when whenever someone's speaking. And I was very like anchored into like all this knowledge I was gathering up, which worked for me. It sort of backfired on me a wee bit at the time because I was leaning too much on logic and knowledge and memorizing. And then I was, I met the right person at the right time. That led me towards a spiritual journey and tapping into my intuition and, and learning about the ego and how it holds us back as well and our dysfunctional behaviors through the ego as a human. So again, because I'm very, very curious, one of my things that were in my head and my intuition said to learn everything I can about the ego, I was happened to be at a business event and a, a guy's talking about spirituality was there and that really interested me. He was the only speaker I bought from out of the whole like pitch fest. And uh, that was the, the thing I decided to do. Spent money, got involved, and then went into it deeper and deeper. And it was when you and I met when we both signed up for the bigger package, the self-mastery. And we went into basically learning about all areas of the ego, the mind, and the spiritual dimension, as well as like our genius. So we just bumped into each other. I met your brother. And then your brother said that he was with his brother and he brought me along to see you. And then we just hit it off when we both bumped in together and I knew I was going to know you for a long time. Like, like love at first sight. Yeah, we've talked about that before as well. You know, sort of looking back at that in hindsight, um, being able to see that, you know, I was very focused on kind of fun in terms of who I am as a person. And you're very focused on sort of business and, and these things. And I was looking to learn more about business and sales. And, it's, and you know, you're a master salesman and the other way around. So that was part of what sort of attracted to each other. Yeah, you know, you've probably subconsciously attracted me to help you learn about fun. And I subconsciously attracted you to help me learn about business and sales and things. And, you know, like I say, so after doing these courses together and spending a lot of time being very vulnerable, being very open and honest together, sharing these very deep experiences. Yeah. We spent probably months together in these workshops as well. Like you're saying, crying, uh, being vulnerable. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. So after that, we decided to just um, take a few, well, a practice of this. So to every week, just practice doing the superconscious processes. And we've been doing that pretty much since those workshops all those years ago. Yeah. 
But you made a good point and reminded me that like that was another obviously reason why I was attracted to you was the fun part and I had been very focused and hard working on my business and an aspect of where I wanted to explore, like I said, in my journey, which I'm I'm still on, was just like sort of relax a bit more and, and enjoy and have fun. And I seen that in you and I seen that that could bring that out in me as well. And and I think it was just the fact that like I had been in solitude, like I said, for a long time. And as I started going to these like big places in London, I was naturally meeting people like yourself. And I just remember we connected so much more than anyone I've connected with probably since like childhood friends and uh, my wife and things like that. So that's quite special for me because it's um, it's rare for me. In my, in my experience, it was rare. And to be able to go to the the places we talk about, like we talk about this, like the picture that we've we've visualized the, of two people walking into a black hole. And yeah. that's what I see when we speak. We, we go deep into, and, and we need a lot of time usually, like conscious conversations we do on Sundays. We need a lot of time to usually conclude on some of the things we even dare to start talking about and, and philosophy and science and all of that spirituality. So like, I think that was the big attraction for me as well is that like I had moved away from a lot of associates and friends who do, really didn't connect with that at all. And this was becoming a huge passion of mine and I was becoming quite frustrated and, and alone and not having that outlet to have a back and forth and just having a monologue where no one really wanted to listen. And uh, I was looking at that time, like you said, I had my antenna out to look for that kind of person that, that could understand me and that passion of learning and sharing. And so that was, I think that's where we really connected, where we still connect today is. Uh, I think the more we get to know each other as well, the more we realize how similar we are. Like I just did a poll the other day about like dance and trance music and you said yes. And I was like, of course he likes that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's been great actually to, to connect on things uh, outside of, um, you know, the initial kind of fun and spirituality and that as well. You know, uh, I've really developed a passion for running now as well. So I know it's something that you've been very into in the past and um, yeah, other things as well, business and, and everything as well. I'll add to that as well, Ver, that we inspire each other. We've grown together a lot. Yeah, and and I'm very, very grateful for that friendship to have someone in my life that I feel like I'm, you know, living this sort of shared journey and we're both pushing each other, we're both challenging each other, we're both supporting each other to get to that place that we wanted to get to. You know, all those years ago when we did Super Genius, we did visioning together. And so it's, you know, just pushing each other to make sure that we're actually moving towards that. Yeah, and we both know each other's visions and goals inside out. So we can really, we have really helped each other, nudge each other forward to, um, it's almost easier to help you to achieve your goals than it is to achieve my own ones and, and vice versa. Yeah, yeah, that's classic. It's always easier to help someone else. Um, so uh, unless you have any other comments, I'm happy to move on to do a meditation together. Would you like to lead the meditation or shall I? I want it to be focused on abundance in some way. I'm really curious to see what you come out with. Yeah, okay then. So imagine yourself as a, a light, a beam of light, and you're traveling up into the sky, into space. And as you move up through the clouds and into the sky above the clouds, you keep moving higher and higher into space, past stars, past the moon, well into a higher place in space. 
And I want you to think about from this perspective, think about your body right now, looking down on your body and just where you are and where your feet are on the ground and where your hands are on your lap or where they are. And just where you're relaxed and, and sitting or standing right now. And from this perspective, don't want you to think about the past or the future, just here in this present moment that we're, where you're hearing my voice right now. And from this perspective, I want you to imagine yourself now in nature, in some type of glen, rocky glen, going past the river. And imagine yourself barefoot walking along this river stream and walking into a sort of glen that's going into a cave uh, along the rocks and feeling every step along the way, really feeling it with all your senses, all the smells around you, the noise of the river. And with every step that you take, these senses are intensifying. And just take a deep breath in and breathe in that fresh, natural air. Fill up your lungs and just feel how good that feels. And then continue walking towards this cave. And as you start to walk towards this cave again, all your senses are becoming more and more sensitive and aware. And now you can see ahead of you a river and a waterfall right in front of you. And you decide to walk into the river in your bare feet. And it's pretty cold, but it's bearable and really calming and relaxing, actually. And you continue just decide to walk towards the waterfall, feeling the water on your legs, on your feet, and continuing to walk into the waterfall. And then when you walk into the water, you actually move into something else behind the waterfall. And... At the back of this waterfall is another dimension, and we'll call that dimension behind the waterfall, which everything is actually just pure white. There's nothing to see. There's, it's, everything's white. It's almost like you're in the clouds. And I want you just to ask yourself from this perspective right now, what would you love? And I want you to ask your subconscious mind for a symbol. And what is that symbol? Whatever it is. Just know that that symbol represents something that's important to you in relation to what you would love. And just wait for your intuition, your, your mind to find that symbol. If you can't find it, just ask for a symbol and it'll be given to you. And really focus on finding a symbol in your mind. And once you have that symbol, I just want you to zoom back into your body right now, nice and slowly. Just come back into your body and just really listen to your body right now and Notice how you're feeling as you're just coming back into the physical dimension and feel the love, the gratitude, the calmness, the and remember that place that you went to as well, like that that's always accessible. So yeah, uh, when you're ready, only when you're ready, open your eyes and just come back to the body and back to the world. Welcome back. Wow, that was quite magical. Thank you very much. I'd like to share mine, um, actually. For me, my symbol uh, was lipstick. And for me, what that represents is kissing. Uh, I would like a lot more kissing in my life. You know, Ben, I'm sort of focusing a lot on dating and relationships and flirting and that sort of thing. And I think it's just this for me, what's obvious about this symbol is that it's really focused on sort of this abundance of that more sensual side of life that more sexual side of life, that kind of intimacy 
as well. You know, having somebody to share experience with, with having somebody to come home to, you know, and just sort sort side of life that in the past I've maybe run away from because it scares me. I, I feel inexperienced. I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. And so in the past I've resisted that. I've, you know, sort of been scared to try and, you know, date and do those things. And just what was obvious when I did that meditation was to just how much I'm starting to really tap into that in my life and, and how much I would really love to move towards that, really. If there's anything else to add, it would be just a, a sense of like, I'm worth it as well. You know, I remember one of my good friends, Nick, said to me a long time ago, like, stop putting yourself down like you are the whole package like you are absolutely worth it you are um i can't remember the exact words he used but it really resonated with me and he, he said you're a catch that's what it is you know and i'm really starting to believe that nowadays and again that that symbol very much represents to me just moving forward in that direction really and how much that how much like i feel very fulfilled in life because i have so much gratitude for what i already have but I'm also very focused on what it is that I would love more of and which direction I'd love to move in. And, and this is that direction. I'd love to move more in that direction of uh, relationship, of dating, of flirting, of, of sex, of kissing, of sensuality, of intimacy, you know, that whole side of things. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. How did you feel during and near the end of that meditation? Like when we zoom back into our body? That was very interesting because I noticed that my heart was like racing almost. It was like beating really fast. And it was kind of that feeling of like um, anticipation of like, um, you know, kind of nervous excitedness that you get when you are about to kiss somebody. And that kind of, yeah, just like that fun, excited, nervous feeling. That's cool. So, yeah, just to explain to people what we're doing in that meditation, which sort of went into a visualization uh, meditation. And obviously, if you did get a symbol and you listened to this, like Vera's shared his, share it onto paper, like write it onto paper as well. Because that symbol and what it, what that is, is really important to you. And I, I recommend that you do take a moment even to stop listening and pause and, and write that down while you've got that, uh, while you're, you listened to that part of you which is it's more than goal setting. It's more like listening to yourself, who you really are and what you really want. Listen to your heart. You know, that's that's what Steve Jobs called it. Listen to your heart. It's whispers. Yeah. And write that down and, and take action on it because it's real. It's like, it's who you are. Um, it's what you, your soul wants and what your heart wants. And that's, that's the point of that meditation. It's a visualization meditation. And... What it ultimately does is it takes us away from the body for a moment. I had a bit of a headache before this call, before this podcast, and I think it had, it's maybe because I had too many coffees and things today and I didn't have enough sleep, but my headache wasn't didn't exist in the moment when I was guiding the meditation. And that's an experience that I got from it. But think about that as well when, you're, when you listen to it and think about that now, like just how did I feel? And, and just know that that option's always available to you instead of a, you know, paracetamol, meditate. Yeah, that's a really good point. I, I tend to do that nowadays where in the past I would have taken paracetamol for a headache. Now I will try 
drinking some water in case I'm dehydrated. I'll try doing a meditation in case I'm distressed, whatever it might be, you know, maybe doing some journaling in case I've just got a lot of overwhelm, for example. And if those things don't work and, and you know, some, it doesn't go away after some time, I might still take paracetamol, but I'll try these other things first. Uh, I'm curious uh, for you, Ben, as well, if, if you're happy to share what your symbol is and what it meant for you. My symbol was like almost like petals of a flower. I think it was like a rose and a, bun a bundle of them. And what that meant to me was very much in alignment what uh, actions I have been taking. It's just about doing more of it. So I'm spending a lot of time in nature right now. And it's very, very much my focus right now. It's like it's already the phase of my life. So it's like the ultimate theme. It's like screaming at me now like because I'm listening to it. And like you said, it's the whispers. It's usually quiet. But when you turn up the noise of the genius, as we've like learned how to do, actually my visions, my whispers are not whispering anymore. They're shouting at me and yeah. my ego's a bit quieter now. So like the negative voice in my head is quiet and the, the, the vision and the genius is really loud right now because I've regulated the, those voices manually by what we do every week and in these calls. And yeah, what's obvious to me is it's continue doing what I'm doing with my life. Uh, which is spending a lot of time in nature. Flowers are in nature. And yeah, just heal, heal, heal my body, heal myself. And, and meditation is obviously very much a, a healing modality as well. It's a, a way to heal yourself. Like I just healed a headache. Um, and being in nature is very much meditation to me, like being out there. I'd, I go for a very high intensity, challenging runs and hikes. And doing things like that for me is really, really good for my own mindfulness. And really just if, I, if I'm if i in a meditated state and I'm in stillness and I'm not thinking about like stressing about like what's going on in my businesses or what I need to do tomorrow or what I need to do in an hour's time. And I'm really, really present up there. And it's the most present I can ever be up in the mountains, especially like right at the top of the Monroe and you've just top of the mountain, you've just like exerted yourself a lot. That's what I'm focused on right now. And I'm not surprised that that came up. Yeah, that's amazing. That's really beautiful to hear about what's in your focus and, you know, what's in your vision as well. That not just like what's in your vision, but the fact that, like you say, you know, it's it's your vision, but you're also starting to live that, you know, and it's, it's about just doing more of that and really just diving deeper into it. That's, that's really beautiful. Yeah, I think that's really important message as well. Like people like really, really listen to that, that symbol and what it means more so what it means and take action on it like that's the biggest thing i've learned about following your intuition what it really means to follow your intuition is believe it and do it yeah so if i was to sort of observe what the obvious action for me is um just what's obvious to me is actually like one of the things i've been holding back on i've been practicing flirting with girls and and you know just w walking up to a girl or approaching a girl maybe flirting giving her a compliment building rapport whatever you know like and, and i've you know i'm quite good at making friends i'm very very good at, at just talking having fun making jokes you know that kind of thing but what i really struggle with is like escalating you know being able to take that further and so like the last time i went on a date it was great it was really fun but i didn't do anything at the end and i like sort of went walked away with this feeling of regret like oh, i i missed something here and like just the obvious action from this meditation is just go for it you know go for the kiss and see what happens you know 
it doesn't matter if the person isn't happy about it. It's more about my learning experience from that, you know, being able to fail forward almost like, you know, if the person isn't happy about it, okay, reflect on it, learn what I was doing wrong. Maybe it was a sort of, they weren't that interested and I didn't read the signals or it just wasn't the right situation or they weren't comfortable doing that in public, whatever it is. And if they were happy about it, then again, I can reflect on that and be like, great, this is, you know, I'm making progress. So either way, just making progress and learning and trying to push myself out of my comfort zone, basically. Uh, how about you? What's the obvious action? Uh, like I said, I'm already taking action. One of the things that's um, it's really for me is confirming what I'm doing. And it's about on Saturday, I'm picking a hill every Saturday and just I'm being, I've noticed myself being more and more organized each time I, sh- I wake up on a Sunday and I've, I've decided just to get up earlier. Um, so that's probably the action is just be more organized and get up earlier for my hike on Sunday. That's the action. That's amazing. And I'm really glad we were able to do this in a recorded podcast and show people what we do on a weekly basis. And Yeah, we've done a, a little mini example of um, visioning and conscious conversations. Exactly. And, you know, sort of doing the meditation, doing the visualization, getting the symbol, and then interpreting what does that symbol actually mean for me? What is my, my whisper of my heart trying to tell me? And then sort of gaining an obvious action from that. It's not something that I think can be sort of explained logically. You need to go through and practice this process and try it out for yourself. So, And you get better and better at it. The whole program that we did of Super Genius was mastery. And we took mastery to our next level. We went through mastery and then we, we've, we've done it for like five years later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so just bring us on to the topic a little bit now um, that I wanted to focus on of, of abundance. And I think that this kind of meditation we've done is really sort of the right direction in the sense that, you know, visioning is all about putting yourself in the higher self version of yourself, you know, the the version of yourself of like, what would I love? You know, who do I want to be? What does that person, you know, do in their life? How does that person act? How does that person think? How does that person behave? And, you know, visioning is about tapping into the abundance of what you could be, the, the abundance of possibilities, essentially. You know, I have this uh, infinity ring that I've bought recently. And my friend asked me, like, why did you buy this ring? And ultimately, the answer is that is to remind me of the infinite potential that I have. And every time I feel down, every time I feel, you know, like sort of low about myself, I can look at this ring, I can touch this ring and remind myself to tap into that infinity of myself, of my being. That was why I bought it. But what I'm really trying to say is that abundance and envisioning is, is very much linked. So what does abundance mean to you, Ben? Um, abundance is a mindset, I think. It's a, a way that someone can think. And because you, you've described quite quite well what I think abundance is as well, like as a concept by itself, like infinity is a really good way to describe it. Infinite, unlimited, no limit. So that's what abundance is. But like what is in a person's mind, I think is more important uh, to talk about because we're talking to people here that, who are listening. So people are people either have a, an abundant mindset or a scarcity mindset. And the difference between those has been done over and over by like many memes on Instagram. I'm sure people have even seen it. Um, so I, I won't repeat that and be a bit different. But abundance to me is not letting my ego mind limit me on what's possible for me. Like I say crazy things to my wife of some of these visions that pop into my head 
and I take genuine action on them. And I don't limit myself by how many things I've got, how many plates I've got spinning already. People always say, you can't do that. Like you, you're not able to do that when you're doing this. So like I've heard it in this way and um, many, I've met, I read many books and in The Millionaire Mind, it talks about rich people, um, poor people say one or the other and rich people say both. So you got that ring. It doesn't mean you can't go and buy yourself a watch as well. Some people think that because you're six, if you create success for yourself, that now I can't be successful. It's almost like a score of this many people can be successful and this many, therefore these people can never be as successful as these people. But what successful people have realized from studying them, they realize that there's no limit on success, on how, how much success there can be. And competition is actually a good thing. But I think abundance goes beyond competition as well. It's about creation. It's about making something from nothing. It's about manifestation and having ideas and understanding where are these ideas coming from. They're coming from, they're coming from space. They're coming from universal intelligence, which is infinite. So there's infinite ideas. Therefore, why would I want to limit myself to like a small amount of those ideas in the physical and in and, and creation? Because I find that part fun uh, of actually making something from nothing or from an idea. So abundance to me is feeling something, hearing something, having an idea and not ruling it out anymore and deciding whatever comes, take a note of it and plan to do it if that's what you want to do. No matter how many plates you've got spinning, because like I, I have three businesses running right now. That's a good example of abundance where people think that it's not possible to, like there is a big, obviously, failure rate when people start a business. And I've, I've started many businesses and I've failed to some businesses, but there's no real, there's only a in your mind limit of how many times you can start and fail a business. And there's only this concept of ideas like people have, society's ideas that you can only start one business at a time or you can only have one business. But I know people that have like 50 businesses and that's the abundant mindset. And I do believe that abundance in a mindset is definitely different from the norm. Like it's very much like 1% of people in the world really think abundantly. And they're part of like the 1% wealthiest people and successful people. Yeah, uh, I really appreciate understanding your concept of abundance and, and sort of this idea of the, you know, number of ideas that you can have that they're not limiting yourself to, to what is possible, being able to choose both, not just one or the other. That's a very good concept. Uh, another question that pops up into my mind is like, how do you sort of, two, two questions really. One, how do you teach people or talk to people about abundance when they're in a scarcity mindset? And the second question is, how do you change from being in a scarcity mindset to being in an abundance mindset when you are in a scarcity mindset? So the first question is like, you're in an abundant mindset, you're talking to somebody who's in a scarcity mindset and, you know, maybe they're not able to kind of understand what you're talking about. Because let's say, for example, everything you've talked about up till now, maybe there's somebody who's listening who's in a scarcity mindset and they're like, okay, yeah, I get that, but that's for the successful people. Like, oh, Ben's able to do that because he's successful. He's able to think like that because he's successful. And so that person might not be able to understand what you're talking about or they might not think it's for them so how do you help that person understand 
Yeah, really good question. I've definitely been in a scarcity mindset, so I'm not an exception. I have forced myself into an abundance mindset from a scarcity mindset. And how, so it's possible, as I can tell you from the other side, that it is possible from being a scarcity thinker. So what is scarcity? Scarcity is thinking that there's a lack, that there's not enough, that if you're successful, then I can't be successful. If there's not enough time, there's not enough resources. So it's, it's really limited in the creativity. And I think that's probably what, where I would attack is they're, the fact that they're not, that I believe that everyone is creative in their own right. Like I'm a very creative person, but I believe that other people can be very, very creative as well. And use our imagination. Like every child ever born like has got great imagination. So we all have imagination. And that's pretty much what I think like the, like if you think about what is imagination, imagination is those ideas, is those visions, is those unlimited thoughts and they're constantly coming to the children so at one point that got switched off it got beated out of you similar to like what my passion was for learning got beated out of me so really it's just going back and connecting back to that childlike innocence and mindset of a child it's really about letting go of a lot like letting go of old beliefs and thoughts that and feelings that no longer serve you and i think that's a big part of the process to move to abundance because we've we've used that hot air balloon example of like you can have if you're in a hot air balloon but the basket is full of lead then it's not going to fly so like if you start taking this heavy lead out of this basket and throw it out of the hot air balloon it'll eventually just float and be able to be itself if let's let's say in a good example so that lead is your like your poisoned mind and your the weeds in the garden of your mind and you need to get rid of that usually there's a lot in there and there's a lot of agendas and ways that people want you to think and even your mum and dad wanted you to behave in a certain way which no longer serves you today and these are now stuck in your mind but the games change when you're out of school, when you're no longer under your, your parents' control or under the teacher's control. Now you're a free being and you can go and do what you want. But it's now you're the voice of your teachers, of the government, of the news, of your parents in your head is actually holding you back. So I think you need to clear a lot of that stuff first. There's a big lot of, load of that stuff that will help you accelerate your growth envisioning and and, uh, abundant mindset uh, first but you can do a bit of both you can you can weed the the mind of the bad stuff and feed it good stuff so i like to listen to a lot of audiobooks i like to repeat affirmations of abundant um, affirm so that's an action that people can take from this is google or chat gpt ask for five a prompt for chat gpt is ask for five prompts for five abundant mindset affirmations that I can repeat to myself every day. And there you go. There's a solution. Yeah, um, that's amazing. I, that really, really reminds me of um, when I did, uh, it was a, a workshop by Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. So Millionaire Mind Intensive Workshop. The book is Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Eker. He talks about sort of your your limiting money beliefs. And so you've got to ask yourself like, okay, let's say, for example, you have this belief that money doesn't grow on trees. You know, where does that come from? You know, where that probably came from your parents repeating that to you over and over again when you were a child, when maybe, in fact, just I remember this myself, where maybe I wanted a toy and my parents would, my mom would say that to me and that became a belief. 
you know, that I, the money doesn't go into it. Money isn't abundant, essentially, is what the, the idea is. So then I had to get real with myself and understand that that idea was going round and round in my head. And sort of, I was almost like telling myself that there isn't enough money over and over and over again. And I had to realize that that was going on in my head and decide to address that and say, okay, that doesn't serve me anymore to believe that there's not enough money and I want to replace that with the belief that there is enough money you know that affirmation that I might use could be there's enough money to go around for everyone for example so just that kind of idea of getting real with yourself and and understanding what are these thoughts in your head that are limiting you and where did they come from and deciding what you want to do with them afterwards and saying I'm going to let go of this I'm going to replace it with this other thing so just the point I was making of just being able to understand what these programs are that are running in your head and once you recognize what it is decide that that doesn't serve you and replace it with something that does i i definitely agree that that like sort of examining your beliefs um that are running your life is a very important part of it because we have these these things that are like fixed truths in our minds like this idea that money doesn't grow on trees and it's like just realizing this is not a fixed truth. This is a learned thing that somebody has told you over and over again until you think that it's a fixed truth. And yeah, so that's a really great point that you in and good good action for anybody who's in a scarcity mindset right now is to to go and uh, read the book Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Harvecker. Um, also to do that process of just examining your beliefs that that you hold to be true and ask yourself where did that come from who told me that because you know when you're a baby you're born with zero knowledge of the world so everything that you know comes from somewhere and from someone that's told you something even if it's a fact even if for example the fact that you know this thing is called my arm you know in german it's got a different name and in spanish it's got a different name so the fact that it's called an arm is, is just relative to how i grew up yeah, like you're saying, words, they're loaded um, and how you label things. So like, where do your words come from? They come from your thoughts. And then I've heard someone say that like your attitude is a bundle of your thoughts. And then obviously that's where your beliefs lie as well. And all of that creates your character. Yeah, there's this really great picture or quote that I've seen. It's like your thoughts become your words. Your words become your actions, your actions become your behaviors, and your behavior becomes your character, and your character defines your destiny. And so it's like if you follow the same thoughts that have held you back all your life, then your destiny will be written by the fact that you're always going to do the same thing. And if, if, if I wasn't challenging myself right now, for example, to push myself with dating or push myself with, you know, uh, work or health, for example, to say like, oh, I believe that I'm overweight and I am unattractive. Well, actually, you know, I'm challenging that. Where did that come from? I got bullied as a kid and, you know, got called fat and whatever. And, and that's where that came from. And I said, okay, no, I'm, I'm actually very fit and healthy. I ran 15 kilometers last week. You know, I go on a run regularly. I eat healthy food. I drink a lot of water. I'm actually a very healthy person. And just changing that belief from where it came from and then deciding to change my actions because of it. And like I said, character, everything. I just want to like tap into that as well because I feel like I've re recently gone through this whole process of changing from a scarcity to abundance mindset. You know, when I got to Vancouver in, a couple of months ago when I came to Canada, I sort of felt like I was in that scarcity mindset. I was like, oh my God, Vancouver is so expensive. I can't afford this. You know, like, holy crap. 
how am I going to be able to keep traveling if I've got to pay this much every month? And my immediate thing was like, okay, I've got to like find some way of being able to not spend my savings because otherwise I'm going to fail traveling and, and come back in, in a month rather than staying out for six months that I wanted to. And so I immediately found after, well, not immediately, after a few weeks of searching, I found job doing a work stay in a hostel and that allowed me to buy myself some time basically to say, okay, well, now I don't have to pay my accommodation. I was still working online, but I was very aware of the fact that well, this is only going to last, you know, six weeks or so whilst I'm here. When I go to the next place, for example, Montreal is the next place I was going, then I'm no longer going to have this workstay option and I'm going to have to figure something else out. And I was finding that just really challenged by that whole situation. You know, I really felt like I jumped at the deep end there and I was like, oh my God, I, I don't know how I'm going to make this work. And I just kind of really... I remember talking to you a lot about this as well. You know, we did some ego weeding together at the time to kind of take out these limiting beliefs and, and deal with these things that were coming up in my mind. And uh, I remember you just being very supportive at the time and helping me to kind of realize like, okay, I'll get through this. I'll be able to do this. And, you know, eventually I figured it out. That comes from a, a an experience of my own going through what you're going through in bundle of times. That's the only reason I could tell you that. Yeah, I appreciate that. And so uh, then I, I got through it and I figured it out and I, I figured out a way that I could keep traveling and, and be able to afford it. And then even recently, this whole idea of like 10x, you know, you've, you've been trying to teach me about 10x for a long time and I was very resistant to it at first. You know, I was like, oh, don't even talk to me about 10x. Don't even mention 10x to me. You know, I kind of felt very triggered by that initially. But then I actually read the book and I was like, oh, okay, I feel like I understand this a bit more now. Like 10x is, is essentially the idea of abundance. It's like, no, you can do more than you think you can. Like one thing you've said to me recently is like, just be okay with the fact that you're going to drop some balls. And that's been a really, really big thing for me is just accepting like, okay, I'm pushing myself out of my comfort zone to do more than I ever have before because I want to create more than I ever have before. So I'm going to fail sometimes. I'm going to drop some balls. I'm going to, you know, struggle and feel overwhelmed or feel uncomfortable or feel tired or whatever it might be. But one huge thing that shifted in myself in the last six months is just like, I actually believe in myself now. And every time I feel the struggle, the growing pains, I just tell myself, I can get through this. This idea recently from reading the book, Solve for Happy by Mo Gowda. And he talks about this idea of like, you can convince yourself out of doing something. And that's what we usually tend to do. Like there's thoughts that come up in your head of doubt in your mind, you know, to keep you safe. That's what your brain does. It, it kind of convinces you like, oh, that tree looks like a tiger. Let's take the river instead. And sort of just like noticing like, well, you convince yourself out of doing things almost naturally to, for safety. So you can convince yourself into doing something conversely as well. So let's say, for example, I woke, in fact, this happened this morning. I woke up and I was really tired and I was like, oh, man, I don't really want to go for a run. And, you know, my brain easily could have just been like, oh, yeah, you know, it's so comfortable in this bed. Just stay here. You know, it's a Sunday. You don't need to go for a run, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Lots of reasons why I shouldn't go for a run. And I just like was like, no, well, I made a commitment to to do a 5K this morning. Oh, you know what? I'll, I'll just get up and, and go outside. It's going to be a nice day. And, and if I don't run 5K, it doesn't matter. I'll just try, you know, and, and I kind of gave myself a couple of reasons to do it. And I, I went and ran a 5K. And um, whilst I was doing that, uh, there was this cute girl 
that was doing a workout and I ran past her around four and a half kilometers and I wanted to like go back and talk to her as a challenge for myself to try flirting and stuff. And I was like, no, I'm going to finish this 5k first and come back around and try and talk to her if she's still there. And I did. And the whole run where I was coming back around, I was talking myself into like all the reasons why I should talk to her. And I was like, I'm doing it to practice flirting. I'm doing it because uh, I have a challenge with my friend to to do this. I'm doing it because I want to push myself out of my comfort zone. I'm doing it, you know, just for the story. Like, so I know that I'll be able to tell Ben about this later and, and we can laugh about it. I'm doing this because I would love a relationship and uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love it. Uh, I'd love um, more fun and more, more dating and, you know, more kissing in my life. So yeah, just like gave myself all these reasons. And, you know, the next thing as well was like, well, why would she care about me? kind of thing it's almost like why me so I was like well you know I am a cool guy I've been told by lots of people recently that I'm very friendly I'm very fun I was like oh well I, I like running and she likes working out so we can connect on that you know I I'm a traveler I'm a digital nomad I you know just kind of again convincing myself into doing it so I used that extra time that I gave myself to just give myself a bunch of reasons why I should go and do this thing and I did it and I actually had a lot less resistance to doing it than I thought I would I just went off and talked to her and also she was a lot more open to it than I expected as well. She was just like, oh, I was like, oh, hi. And she's like, oh, hi. Almost like we already knew each other, you know, and we were just friends kind of saying hi to each other. It's such a strange experience, honestly, but I just wanted to really share that because it was such a, a vital thing for me, that lesson of like, if you can convince yourself out of doing something that you would, you would normally do that to keep yourself, that's what your brain would do. Use that same ability to convince yourself into doing something. Yeah, I love that. I love, uh, I, I wrote down actively talking yourself into things. That's, that's a really powerful lesson that I've just learned from you right now. Because, yeah, our minds are always talking ourselves out of things. So, yeah, actively talking yourself into things. sounds That sounds like a game changer. Yeah, I mean, my brother Shiv has been telling me this for years. It's like, you know, I remember when I was starting a business and I was like really struggling with this. Idea. I was like, you know, there's all these other businesses out there and they're so much bigger than me. And like, you know, who am I to to have this business and, and why should people buy from me and blah, blah, blah. All of these reasons why I was like kind of putting myself down. And my brother said, just write a hundred reasons why somebody should work with you. And I did that at the time. I think I, I struggled a lot. I didn't really understand it fully. And I wrote down a bunch of reasons, but I didn't kind of fully convince myself into doing it. I did do something, but I wasn't very confident in doing it at the time. But, you know, ultimately, I think I just didn't write enough reasons that I got myself to that point where I was like, hell yeah, I should do this. You know, and this is something I've learned from Dan Hill from Property Entrepreneur. It's like, it should be a hell yeah or a hell no. You know, when you're, when you're doing something, like you want to get to that point where it's a hell yeah. Yeah, um, just jumping back to like some of the things you were saying there, something I said two days ago, you can only reduce costs so far, but there's no limit on increasing revenue, just in relation to what you were saying uh, earlier about about money. Um, you can only get your costs to a certain point and keep reducing your lifestyle, but why not just improve your like your revenue and there's really no limit of how many ways you can do that for yourself. As that's an abundant mindset. That's a really good example of an what an abundant mindset looks like. Here's a question that pops into my mind. Here is like that sounds like hard work, honestly. Um, you know, the I the idea, like let's say for example, someone that has a job, you're work, working like forty hours a week. Like, how do you 
find the time and energy to go and, and make a new revenue stream or like make more money. Like, again, it, I'm thinking about it from maybe trying to think of, of a perspective of most people who might be listening to this or, or just like, you know, not everyone is in the privileged position, let's say, to have all their time free or more, a lot of the time free, like maybe you do. Um, and I even me, like I, I, although I work a full week most of the time, I still have the flexibility and the freedom that I'm created in my life to be a digital nomad, to travel, to choose when I work and that sort of thing. So what about somebody who doesn't have that flexibility and freedom? How did, would they do it? Yeah, I would probably revert back to, uh, yeah, it is hard work. That's, I agree. It is going to be hard work, but isn't it hard work to be broke? Isn't it hard work to keep reducing your lifestyle? Isn't it hard work to a restaurant that gives you food poisoning versus a restaurant that gives you like the most amazing meal ever? So like, that's the way that I look at it is like, I would rather work hard and live the good life than compromise the good life and probably temporarily be lazy, but then when you're lazy, you're forced into being uh, busy and working for a very low hourly rate and things. So that's the sort of, that's like a choice I think people make at a crossroads and they do it unconsciously because of their their mindset and their programming. So that's the way that I look at it. And I think there is ways to work smart as well. There's ways to develop your skill. I do think there's no way out of hard work. Um, I've heard so many successful people say it that like, it is hard work but it's worth it. That's the 10X rule. That's, that is actually the 10X rule. It's massive action. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'll come back to that in a second, but I think um, it's exactly what you just said. Like, it is hard work and it's worth it. But there's one thing that I heard very similar to what you said. It's like paying for a personal trainer is expensive, but hospital bills will cost you even more. So it's like either you fix a problem now or you'll pay a lot more money in 10 years when it becomes a bigger problem. So I very much relate to that. And it's the, the other quote, which we're full of them, is uh, discipline creates freedom. Yeah, definitely. I think as well, just another lesson that I remember that I want to share was, again, in the situation that I had in Vancouver, one big thing I realized was like, I need to create stability in my basic necessities of life in order to be able to tackle bigger things. So for example, my one of my basic necessities was, I don't know where I'm gonna stay next week. Like, where am I gonna live? Where How am I gonna be able to afford food? How am I gonna be able to have enough water? These sorts of things. So like, you know, I needed to cover my basic necessities and make sure, and know that those are covered before I could really move forward and, and step into this life of massive action um, sort of thing fully. Um, and that was a big thing for me as well, was like wanting to create stability in some areas of my life so that I could do 10x in other areas of my life. And I think that was a big lesson for me is like having that kind of balance, understanding where do you need stability so that you can have variability or 10x in other areas of your life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me ask you a question over. I think this will be good for the audience to hear and a small reflection as well. Did 10x or taking massive levels of action solve your problem of that place that you were at? Yes, it was a part of solving the problem. But I think there was also like, essentially there was strategy involved as well. Like it wasn't just about taking massive action. It was taking like massive strategic action. You know, it was like, again, like that question, wh which areas of my life do I need to have 
stable so that I can be very what I needed to reflect and, and figure that out and say, okay, I need to have enough, you know, this is how much money I need in order to have stability and know that I'll be able to afford my accommodation next week, my food next week, etc., and know that my basics are covered so that I can then go and, and work 10x, you know, do 10x actions in my work, in my health, in my dating, in my, you know, doing this podcast and that kind of thing. I would not be able to sit here and do this podcast with you if I felt like I was didn't know where I was going to stay next week, for example. So, yeah, I think that massive strategic action, that would be my only addition to what you said yeah i i agree with that and I, I like you heard me earlier saying it is very much about working smart and i, I mean the same thing when i say that when you say strategic being strategic yeah. I, that's what i mean like it's very much about having a vision having a goal having a plan and being disciplined on that plan with massive action a couple other thoughts on the, uh we we do uh, explaining our concept of bookmarking uh, in our minds. Uh, I have a notepad today. Luckily, I'm not walking around the park talking to you. Um, but I bookmarked a few things as you were speaking. And what I mean by bookmarking is when verse speaking, he'll speak at length. When I'm speaking, I'll speak at length. It's almost like a, a mini monologue for a little while. We don't have, my wife's pointed this out to us, we don't have conversations we we don't have uh, dialogues. We have like long-winded, like marathon monologues. And uh, like by the time Vars finished, I've got so many bookmarks in my head. And bookmarks are little bits that he said that I had a, a bit to add on to that to have the dialogue on the, those points. But there's so many points by the time Vars finished or I'm finished that we've got to basically hold a lot of... Like, thoughts and opinions and things in our heads and bring them up once the others stopped speaking. Yeah. Thanks for explaining that. Yeah. I love that concept and that ability we came up with. Please share the bookmarks that you have. And it reminds me of the quote of Stephen Covey, seek first to understand, then to be understood. And we're doing, we do that really well because we do truly listen to each other to the point that we do have something to respond to what we listen to, but we want to continue listening to the person finish what they're saying and not interrupt them or wait for them we're not waiting for each other to finish that's the big difference i'm not waiting for you to finish what you're saying so that i can uh, tell you what i want to say and a lot of people do that what we're doing is we're bookmarking it almost putting it into the back of our mind I, I write it on notes when i have the chance to do that yeah conscious listening really important yeah because a lot of people will hear someone say something disagree with it and then they'll hold that th idea of what they're going to say back to that and they won't hear the rest of what that person says until they're finished their monologue. You said a few things. It makes me think about when I'm when I do, you know, I do the local park run, which is a 5K run every Saturday. And you've seen me doing it consistently almost every Saturday since you've known me. And every there's not one weekend or like maybe every so often I won't have any thoughts in my ego that will come up that might want me to fin like finish the run early. Like silly things like that. Even today, like there's things happen where I've maybe eaten the wrong stuff before running or there's responsibilities, there's things going on in my head and it's only 5k and I'm running long distance now. But even in a 5k, like there's always these challenges and what I've learned through that and never, never actually canceling a run. Like that's almost like a rule I have in my head. I've maybe canceled one time for a good reason. But 
one of the things, like you said, it's about um, building, it's almost like a balance sheet and building like a positive balance in your favor for your like your confidence. Everything's about confidence building and self-esteem. And you can kind of like, kind of like a bank statement, you can draw money out or you can add money in. You want to keep adding money into your bank, obviously, instead of keep drawing it out. But when you like give in to your ego or that negative mind that tells you at 4K, not 5K, which you said you were going to do, if you listen to that and stop the run at 4K, it won. So it's sort of like a game of competition and you're taken away from yourself when you're giving in to that voice in your head. And I've found a thousand times, like 990 times out of a thousand times, actually finishing the race, which I've done, by the way, with that voice in my head, almost every time, especially the early days of running, but that voice gets quieter and quieter as you do a thousand runs. So my point is, what just backing up on what Veer said, this is a good real example of how uh, that rule has really served me and that I've proven to myself and I have the real confidence and evidence that this isn't, tr- this isn't true. This isn't the false expectation appearing real, like the fear. It's just fear. It's not real. And I need to focus back on running. So it's just like refocusing on what's the end, end goal in a mini way. Like you've got big goals that you need to do that with as well, but just a 5K run, small part of my day. There's loads of refocusing happening. Yeah, I, I find that as well for myself, especially when I have pain uh, on a run, just breathing into the pain and refocusing on the run. And then I have this technique, which is a 20-minute workout. I'm just going for a 20-minute workout, and that turns into an hour workout all the time. Uh, another last thing, which one, this is the final bookmark. Uh, the words you use make it predictable for where you're headed in the next few years. So the words that you use make it predictable for where you're headed when we're talking about words and thoughts being important. Yeah, Dan Hill uh, really says this phrase, um, success and failure are very predictable. Um, and it's, it's, it's exactly what you're saying. You know, you can predict where someone's headed almost by the words that you're using, the, the actions they're taking. Yeah, it's, it, that's ve- the actions and the words that you're using, the thoughts, the actions and the words that you're, you're experiencing and the behaviors like the these are happening at an unconscious level they're not happening at a conscious level especially if they're uh, consistent these consistent actions uh, it reminds me of another quote of Jim Rohn motivation is what gets you started and um, discipline is what gets you to the end or to finish so what that means is motivations like this feeling and excitement in a moment but it's only at the um, at the point where it goes into the unconscious mind, into your body almost as a, a habit that things actually go and happen and you, you've moved it from a, a conscious, like a hard conscious thought that you have to focus on and refocus on and refocus on. Once it eventually, if you do that enough times, it eventually goes into the point where I'm doing park runs and doing these 5Ks without that mind coming into my head and I don't have to refocus anymore. A lot less. Yeah, yeah, we talk about that idea of like conscious competence and, and unconscious competence uh, and that idea that, you know, like you say, once you do it enough times, it becomes that program in your mind the same way that that negative program came in your mind from your parents telling you the same thing over and over again. You tell yourself the same thing over and over again and you can change the program in your mind. And it reminds me of the quote by Carl Jung, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. 
All right. So this has been really amazing to talk to you about abundance. <laughs> I had no idea where this conversation was going, but it's uh, really been magical to understand your perspective on it and, and just hear you know, your answers to some of these questions and, and share my thoughts as well. So we're going to sort of start finishing up pretty soon. And, you know, I have so many thoughts in my head. I'd love to keep talking to you more, but I do need to head off soon. But it just means we can have you on for another episode, man. I'd love to have you back. So do you have any last comments that you want to add before we finish up? No, that was that was all of them. Okay, amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ben, for coming today and talking to me about abundance. The last thing really that I like to do at the end of this podcast is uh, based on the Good Place podcast, where at the end of the podcast, they ask everyone, what's good? And so the question I have for you, Ben, is what are you grateful for? I'm grateful for having uh, you as a friend. I'm grateful for having you as a business partner, um, a manager of companies. Like I'm very grateful for meeting you. And yeah, you really changed my life in a big way. Wow. Thank you so much. I will receive that. And for me, I'm grateful for just this journey. Honestly, you know, I always say life is a journey and I'm really grateful to be alive right now, to be on this journey, you know, to, to have the struggles I'm having, to have the experiences and, you know, traveling, meeting people, dating, health stuff, work stuff, you know, working with you and our, our team that we have together. It's, it's a dream. Honestly, I, two years ago, I remember feeling so alone in, in the way that I work. And now I feel just so em empowered and, and supported because I work as part of this magic team and I feel like we can get anything done. And I think that's a really, really powerful thing. So, And we can solve anything, it feels like. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that, that idea, like we can, we can do anything, we can solve anything, you know, that mindset, that's another part of it. It's like, I, I remember saying to you, I shifted my mindset a few years ago, I did this test and it was like, do you have a winner's mindset? And I said, no. And I realized that in the last few months that's shifted and I now believe I am a winner. So just the, the personal development that I've had the growth and experience I've had from, from traveling and from doing what I'm doing, following my heart and, you know, your support as well, Ben, you know, having someone to share this journey with and know that you've got my back and I've got your back in this self mastery kind of journey that we're both on to support each other's visions. It's, it's really magical. There's one, one thing I wanted to add, actually, I was listening to Stephen Bartlett's podcast the other day, Diary of a CEO, and he does this thing where he asks the guest, do you have a question? that I can ask the next guest at the end of the episode. So what question would you like to ask the next person at the end of the episode? Thank you, Ben. That was a really interesting question and I'm very excited to ask the next person that comes on their thoughts on this thing. I'll keep it a surprise for now. So everyone tune into the next podcast to hear what the question was. So again, thank you so much, Ben, for joining me today. Definitely would love to have you back on the podcast and it's been amazing to hear your thoughts about abundance. What would you like to share with the people, um, perhaps social media or anything like that? Yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram and uh, Facebook where I'm probably most active. Um, my Instagram handle is Ben Ling number two. So B-E-N-L-A-I-N-G number two. And it's Ben Ling on Facebook. And it's the same across all platforms. Same number on there, which is not Twitter anymore, which is X. So I'm on that, I'm on Twitter, I'm on TikTok and uh, yeah, so you can follow me there. Uh, you can visit my website, benlang.com and onlinemarketingconsultant.co.uk.
for digital marketing stuff. Amazing. Uh, I'm sure people gain a lot of value. Definitely, I would recommend for everyone to go and follow you and look at the content you've been putting out. It's been incredible recent, And I've told you as well, recently, it's just taken a whole step up in, in kind of the value of what you're providing. So uh, to find me online, you've got to follow at Vanilla Sinbad on Instagram or the podcast is also quantum.buddha. Um, so we can find the podcast on Instagram, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Go and give the podcast a like and a follow and you know, check out some of the content we're putting out too. Um, so again, thank you so much, Ben, for coming on and I will see you all in the next episode. <laughs>